Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And it's me today, Mandy, and I'm delighted to be welcomed by two guests today. So I've got Liz McKean and Lois. Oh my goodness, Lois, I don't know your surname. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, from the, the, the Phoenix team. And we're going to talk a little bit about what the Phoenix is a little bit later. Um, and, you know, and also their kind of sobriety journey. But we always start with a check-in. So we'll start with you, Liz. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. It's just, it's really an honor. I, I mean, I get really thrilled anytime I am able to have some FaceTime with Lois just because we, you know, work work together, but from way across the ocean. So it's always so fun to see her and thrilled to meet you. And the sun is shining where I am here and just, you know, it's another, another day. Lucky to be here. Yeah. And you're in Tampa, Florida. Is that right? I am. Yep. That's very correct. nice very nice yeah. and and Lois how are you doing I'm very well thank you yeah the sun isn't shining at the moment here but it has been glorious the last few days so um it's all good it's not Florida temperature but um, <laughs> no, it's been chilly good. hasn't it so it's so British yes. it's like and drop into the weather chat hasn't it been chilly yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> and you are just below London that's right isn't it so Surrey based yes in Surrey yes yeah um yeah, so we always start um, a little bit talking about your kind of journey to sobriety um, and, you know, the tools and the things that helped you along the way. Um, obviously, we have listeners. Some people are kind of, you know, starting out on their sober journey. Some people are sober now. Some people are just listening in um, to, you know, just have different perspectives. And we like to bring lots of different perspectives onto the podcast about what worked um, for, you know, for you. So, um, yeah, let's start with you, Liz if you could tell me a little bit about your kind of journey to sobriety sure yeah I'd love to um well like a lot of people it was not a straight line (laughs) certainly not without bumps in the road I um I actually funny enough I didn't even have my first drink until I went away to to college which here is gosh I was probably 18 or 19 and um but made up for lost time pretty quickly. And drinking was a really big part of my college experience. And then into my twenties, um, didn't see any reason to, to stop that. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and, um, I was somebody who suffered from panic attacks. And I, I remember so clearly the first time I drank that it was like, like, oh, here it is. It's the answer. Like, this is, this is how I'm going to feel better. This is how I want to feel forever and ever, which, you know, big red flag should have gone off. Um, uh, but I still was able to have a lot of years of, you know, still being very productive and successful ish, um, you know, had relationships and jobs and things like that. And it wasn't until, um, quite a few years in that it started like cracks started to show, um, and pretty like I I look back and I wish I think like a lot of us do that sooner than later I'd realize like oh this isn't serving me you know like I'm not living like the joyful life that I deserve um but I didn't you know I had I had little stints of sobriety where I would have something terrible happen I would damage a relationship or I would lose a job or um just 
would just realize I was feeling terrible all the time and, and try to stop drinking for a day or two. Um, consequences kind of got worse and my bottoms got lower. And so I dabbled in 12 step programs, even had a little bit of a outpatient experience, um, with treatment here and just nothing really ever stuck. Like I kind of felt, I always felt like sobriety, the thought of like giving up, um, alcohol was a punishment. You know, it was my, I was no longer going to be part of the party. I was going to lose out not only on the fun in life, but also the one thing that helped with anxiety, even though it was, you know, making anxiety a lot worse. Um, it just felt like I was giving something so huge up and it wasn't until I found, um, yoga and then the Phoenix community that, that shifted that suddenly, the thought of being sober was just more of a gift, more of a reward, like the invitation to a party instead of the door shutting on the party. Um, I, I started doing yoga during like stints of sobriety and realized that I liked myself a little bit more when I was on the mat and like would have moments of just taking deep breaths and doing a pose and even just, you know, Shavasana, which is lying on your back. It's everybody's favorite, favorite pose. Um, that I would just have this like little light shining through in a way that I had not had ever before sober. Um, and I, that was one of the first moments that I felt like maybe this is something that I can choose to do that could actually be a, be a choice that I want to make. And that one that I'm being forced to make. And, um, when I found the Phoenix, I kind of stumbled across the Phoenix on, um, by somebody on Instagram was posting pictures of themselves doing workouts and folks wearing shirts that said sober and high-fiving and just like really happy people that were proud of being in recovery. And here I was just like cowering in the corner, you know, just so full of shame for the fact that I had this, this problem. And, um, I, I tried it out. I went to this workout. It happened to be a CrossFit workout, the first one that I did. And, and it was exactly that. It was just these people that were full of joy in sobriety. And that wasn't the focus of their life. Like they were happy to be sober and would talk about it, but they had all these other fun things that they were doing. And, and they had this community of people that were just supporting each other. And, um, it just completely shifted my perception of what a sober life could look like. And, um, I, I'll be, I know we're going to talk more about the Phoenix later, but just that was really the turning point for me when, suddenly I realized that I could have fun and I could have friends and I could be proud of the person that I am, um, as a, as a sober person. And that allowed me to just continue on that recovery path. And, and the rest is, I suppose, history. Yeah. Um, thank you. You know, and I, I, I appreciate sort of hearing that and it's excited. Like I was grinning, Lois grinning, you know, it's, it's, it's so nice just to have conversations where it's, um, yeah that switch to a joyful place really and being like something that I can choose and something that is empowering and something that is you know it's not like that I'm labeled with something for the rest of my life it's like this is something that gives me so much um I mean we talk quite a lot about yoga on the podcast because Kate is it's very much part of her sober toolkit um from a kind of because you you know as a teacher what what does it give people in recovery? How does it help, I suppose, um, from a kind of physiological perspective to do a yoga practice? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, physiologically, I, I wish I had more sciencey things to say, but I'm just going to say what I know, which is I know it actually does make shifts in your brain and there's chemicals that, that, that actually change and are um, released that, that allow some of that, you know, dopamine and serotonin and all those happy chemicals. Um, when you are just like taking big full breaths, when you do give yourself permission to just lean into what feels good. And, um, for me and my goal, every time I'm teaching a class, it's, it's not to get into like the deepest pose and to, you know, have the coolest Instagram shot, but really just to take the opportunity to claim time for yourself, whether that means you're just sitting and breathing and spending time with yourself, like as a person who's worth spending time with being, being present, um, or stretching and, you know, finding the cool pose that actually feels good in your body and finding a way to make, um, the, the pose work for you and like something about that allows you to see that you deserve to feel good in the moment, like in whether it's the pose or the next breath. Um, for me, yoga is just like a, a big divine permission slip to just be present and seek out what's going to feel good, what's going to feel safe. And um, I think the best teachers I've had are the ones that really are able to extend that invitation in a way that, um, that you can accept even when you're not totally convinced on the inside that you deserve it because that's where I was um, mm. for a really long time. And still am, you know, every other Thursday it depends on the the week, how I'm feeling. But um, I think that's the gift that it, that it gives to me. And that's the gift that I see it give to other people who are working towards recovery is just like having those moments of just liking themselves and allowing themselves to just feel good, whatever that means for them. Oh, I love that, you know, and I, I, yeah, I really like that kind of switch on it in, in terms of that, um, you know, the self-esteem piece and the self-compassion piece of just being able to, you know, the permission slip, which is, you know, so much of a lot of people's story is like, for whatever reason, they've been so busy or they've been putting people's needs of their own or they've forgotten what needs are or you know for the traumas and all the things you know that um that kind of gentle allowance just to be with yourself I think it's a really nice encouraging way to look at yoga as well because I think it can feel intimidating for some people too certainly I still have a bit of like you know imposter syndrome sort of like shuffling in at the back Same. you know um but you know and, and obviously sort of for your nervous system for your kind of you know the way that you feel all of those things are are being helped by breathing and taking time and, and lying down um so Lois a little bit about your story if you don't mind and um then how you found the phoenix and your journey to yeah the work that you're doing now yes um hi um so I'm a little bit different to Liz so you know I came from Belfast Northern Ireland and um, I don't want to sort of really big up the stereotype, but there was a lot of drinking in, you know, in my family and my culture. It's it's a big part of life in Ireland. You know, they're famous for the pubs. Um, and really, I think we used alcohol in the family, in the culture to, um, well, to escape and to deal with any issues that we were having. No one ever talked about anything. You know, it was just you pour a drink. Um, 
And so I didn't really break the mold at all. Um, and I probably started drinking in my teens um, and didn't really see, I mean, the idea of having a life without alcohol was just, you know, it was just inconceivable. It's just not what you did, you know, no one did that unless you're extremely, extremely religious, which, you know, my family weren't. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like it would never really happen. And um, I think I used it as a crutch for an awful long time um, until probably about um, maybe five, six years ago. Um, and things were just getting too much. And I could see that it was really, it wasn't helping me at all. In fact, it was making everything so much worse. Um, and I was sort of forced into seeking help. Um, and I went to, well, I had psychotherapy for about six years. Um, and that really helped me understand what was behind the drinking, what was behind the addiction. Um, all the things that was my, you know, drinking, I was trying to, to deal with, like you say, anxiety, um, fear of just being with people or, or even speaking or being seen or any of those things. Um, and I think then I sought, so I, I dealt with those sort of mental health issues. I wouldn't say I fully dealt with them, but a hell of a lot better. Um, and then in order to stop drinking, I, I didn't join any groups. Um, I listened to podcasts, read books. I had some hypnotherapy um, and, uh, and then I found the Phoenix um, and started volunteering for the Phoenix teaching yoga. And that's really, that's been my community really, although it's across the pond in the US, um, I've just learned so much and I've met so many incredible people. Um, and that's really the goal is to just increase that. You know, I would have loved to have um, a journey like Liz's where I could meet some people. And I love the motto that, um, what is it? Um, stronger than stigma. I mean, that's just fantastic. You know, if we could make this thing, if we take the stigma, the shame and the guilt and actually make it something that is joyful, that we really um, look forward to getting together, you know, and it's, uh, you know, there are, is also strength in numbers and a community. And it's, it's something more to be proud of because actually the people that I've met um, at the Phoenix, they're the best people that I've come across, you know, the people who have gone through something like this and are dealing with it um, and are just a fantastic inspiration. So the goal is to, um, yeah, bring it over to the UK and then the world. <laughs> And oh, you gave me goosebumps with stronger than stigma. I haven't heard that one before, but yeah, it's really powerful. Um, yeah. And I think what what I loved about kind of finding out about, you know, the Phoenix, because obviously, you know, Love Sober, we have our own community, you know, both Kate and I are She Recovers coaches. So we, we have the She Recovers community, which we're connected with, you know, both Kate and I started our journey in Soberistas, which is another community online, you know, and when you're drinking and when you're in that place, you feel so incredibly alone. And like, you're the only person that, and you know, everything's going to fall apart. And you know that that utter utter feeling of loneliness and now I just discover another community which has got I don't know how many how many thousands of people uh, that, that are in the we've reached close to 80,000 know, um, since we started <laughs> it's just fantastic you know and I just it makes me so happy and so excited because 
you know, and we often say on the podcast, it's like, if we're not your fit, that's fine, you know, but just go out there and find your people and you will find your people and you will find that community that will open their arms to you and, and hold you, you know, and you're holding Lois in the UK and, and giving her her community. And I, a lot of my, you know, cause I went back and forth and as you say, nothing was linear about the journey. Um, and a lot, you know, a lot of my friends were in the, in the US, you know, that I met through Instagram that were members of She Recovers and they were my, you know, and I was in France. I still don't, you know, have one, two now, two sober friends in France, but I've been here 15 years. So, you know, <laughs> it's taken a little bit of work there, but um, yeah, you know, and it's just really, really exciting to be able to share that with people and share, you know, what the Phoenix does. So Liz, you're a yoga teacher, person in recovery. Um, you live in Tampa, Florida with your husband, rescue dogs. I've got a rescue dog as well and cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and your current role is the national virtual program manager for the Phoenix. So Liz helps bring the sober, active community to people across the country and beyond through live streaming events such as fitness, yoga, meditation and social gatherings. And she also teaches yoga in her community and her local treatment center and there's nothing she'd rather do than work for and with people in and seeking recovery so yeah tell me a little bit about the structure of the phoenix how does it work um who set it up a little bit about the the background if you may yeah i'd be happy to yeah and i have to just kind of preface by saying that the hardest thing about um telling people about the phoenix the hardest thing is is having people believe that it's not too good to be true. Like it is that good. And it is that true. Like, it's just, I like it blows my mind every single day, this, this community and everything that this community has done. And um, so we call ourselves a sober active community. Um, when we started, um, we, the, and I say we, I wasn't around at the inception, but um, Scott Strode and Jackie, um, Helios are our founders and they started us really very fitness based. So it was, uh, Scott started, um, at a boxing gym and that's really was his path into, um, sobriety and realized just the power of fitness, um, because it brings you to community. It strengthens you, you know, mind, body, and spirit. And so we were very fitness focused. We even had, uh, brick and mortar gyms was our, our primary, well, a gym was our primary thing that we were doing. And as the years have gone on, fitness has continued to be a core part of what we do, but we realize that it's the power is in the community, you know, we're stronger together and <clears throat> community really, we just need a vehicle to get there. So for a lot of people, that's fitness, um, but not for everybody, you know, there's folks that are going to be like CrossFit gym. I mean, not, not that CrossFit's the only thing, but that's going to be something that's like, heck no, you know, but maybe that person is an artist. Maybe that person is a nature lover. Maybe that person is a songwriter, you know, something like that. And whatever of, as long as there is an event or an activity that is meaningful to someone that can be a vehicle to community, that's Phoenix. So Phoenix is just anything that brings community together. So we, we have events, classes, um, they have a lot of names, um, all over the country and starting to be beyond as well as online that are free. Everything that we offer is totally free. Uh, the only price is 48 hours of sobriety. 
<clears throat> which is in place to keep everybody safe. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody that is part of Phoenix has to identify as being in recovery. One of the ways we break down stigma is by opening the doors to folks who are supporting people in recovery, people who are doing the sober thing just because it's an awesome thing, people who are sober curious. Um, really, we'd like to say that that the Phoenix is for anyone impacted by substance use, which, I mean, I challenge you to search far and wide for somebody who's not, you know? <laughs> um, and that's the way that that community can come together and the stigma can start to be broken down because, um, you know, when, when you have people who are recovering at all different levels in all different ways, when you have people who are, you know, family members, friends, neighbors of people recovering, and they all get together and see like how strong they can be together, whether you're at a boxing gym or you're doing a nature walk or you're in a book club. Um, it really just allows us to just see ourselves in, in one another and, and just grow and support each other. And, we're, um, we're a peer to peer based organization. So there's not like a hierarchy, you know, certainly if I'm leading a yoga class, people are generally doing the things that I'm saying to do, but even that is just all suggestions and it's just all, um, support on, on the, on the same, on the same level. We, we support all pathways to recovery. So nobody at the Phoenix is ever going to tell you, this is how you need to find sobriety. It's always going to be like, whatever you're doing that's working, keep doing it. Phoenix can just be whatever part of your journey it wants to be. And we're just honored um, to be that part. And we honestly, like we're so led by the people that are in the community. We're hugely volunteer run a lot of our events. Um, so folks all over the place that just are like, I need, I want Phoenix here, you know, Lois said, I want Phoenix here. And, and just, raised a flag in the UK and, and suddenly, you know, there we are, um, because we have this virtual capability. Now we really can, um, support people anywhere where there's internet. Um, and if people want to be volunteers and like create in-person programming in their community, that's something that we, um, can help someone to do and to build. Um, so it's, it's not like, oh, Phoenix isn't available to me because it's not here. It's like, if you want it and you want to do it, then then go for it. And sometimes that doesn't even mean you have to lead an event yourself. Sometimes that means you call your friend who can, or you call your local gym to see if they want to host something. So um, there's just a million ways to, I'm using so much of Scott Strode, our founder's language, but to raise that Phoenix flag um, and, and just start that community. And it's, it's just the most powerful thing I've ever been part of. And I can't even the fact that I'm a person who can go on a podcast and speak publicly about the fact that I'm in recovery with pride mm -hmm. is just like, if, I can't even tell you what a miracle that is. And, and I really credit a lot of that to this, this organization and this community. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting what you said at the beginning of like people, you know, not believing it is too good to be true or something. Like I was a little bit like that. I was like, sorry, what? It's free. Mm, where's <laughs> the catch? You know, like, scrolling right. through like it's free but what where you know how do how does this work um so I guess you get a lot of funding sort of support you know um to to keep events free yep we have um grants we're funded by you know we have a development department in our in our organization that that writes for grants we have a few um partners that help us with funding we have partners in pretty much every community whether they're donating um we always say time talent or treasure so either they're donating their their space or their time or um 
they're being generous with their with their money. We have peer to peer fundraising that we do every year. So it's it's totally, you know, up to the individual if you want to donate to the Phoenix, but there's no pressure ever to do that. I always tell people that the best way to support us as an individual is is to come, is mm. to is to show up. Because that, that's how we can go out and seek funding is to show impact. Be like, look yeah. at all these people that are doing this cool thing. And then, you know, folks that that can are able to provide that funding. So just sign up for something and show up and you have supported the Phoenix. Oh yeah. Um and and Lois, tell me how I mean how did you get involved? Um so I think I read about it um different I can't remember where exactly but I I read about it a couple of times and just thought that's such a brilliant idea I mean that's just so amazing I wish that was over here um and then I think I emailed um and said you know I'd love to I'd love to teach and then I did a trial and then I was volunteering for you know for over a year um and I just find it to be so inclusive and you know as Liz said you know it's um there's no hierarchy it's like everyone is valued um and it's just such I love the philosophy and just how welcoming and warm it is there there are no barriers between between people it's just a really lovely community so yeah and so you're a trained yoga teacher and personal trainer so has yeah. that is that something that you've always done or did that come after sobriety or how is that how has yeah exercise sort of been a part of your sobriety journey um so exercise was a big thing I really I did notice even whenever I was drinking that exercise still made me feel better and it was almost actually in a way initially um you know I, I would be drinking and then the next day it's like you know I'm, go I'm going to make up for that and I'm going to go and exercise um you know it's sort of yin yang I guess and although I don't think you know I don't think it was really helping as much as I thought it was um and then I guess uh whenever I yeah whenever I did become sober then um I realized that this is something that really does give me the feelings that alcohol never did you know it gives me those endorphins and there's no downside to it really you know there's just feeling good there's just um, and I noticed the days whenever I did exercise and whenever I didn't and how I felt about myself um, and just how I felt, you know, I didn't get those endorphins. I didn't feel quite as confident, etc. cetera. Um, and yeah, so I was exercising quite a lot. Um, and, but I find that the exercising I was doing was almost punishing. It was like, I'm going to push myself and push myself, you know, um, and you know, I had been doing yoga as well, but I'd never really sort of fully got yoga. Um, and I didn't really connect to it too much until I think I read um, a few books about it. And one of the books was The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel Van, Van der Kolk. Yeah. That's it. Yes. And I think at the end, you know, he really talked about yoga and about how incredible it is. And I thought, yeah, I need to look into this a lot deeper. Um, and so I went off and did my course and then I, I just find it so rewarding. You know, we've talked before the whole um, the history, the philosophy, um, you know, the connecting to your body and actually listening to your body and listening to what it needs and what it's telling you, because, you know, our emotions come up and, you know, previously with alcohol, I just threw alcohol at it and, and tried to um, stop these emotions that I couldn't quite understand, but actually, um, listening to them what they're saying and connecting to them and understanding that maybe they're trying to tell me something 
is just so powerful. Um, and yeah, I think there, there is so much in yoga. Um, and I think science is really just catching up with, you know, all of this, this stuff that's been around for thousands of years. Um, yeah, so I think it, it has helped me massively. I think, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about that quite a lot recently about kind of how old wisdoms and new science are finally kind of coming together, you know, and it's like we knew all these things, you know, and now the difficulty is, is trying to kind of come back to the essence of things that that make us happy, that that are rewarding, that, you know, that connect us when we live in such a kind of you know, modern, hectic, fast-paced world, you know, so it's kind of the, the, the essence of all those things are what, what we need really is, you know, to connect with nature, to be with people that we have meaningful connections with, you know, look after ourselves um, and, you know, watch our stress levels and, you know, look at the sunshine and, you know, and, and, and yeah, and breathe and rest. Yeah. Um, you know, I think as we're working as a coach, you know, I think, it's like permission to pause it's just like okay what can you take off the list you know what can you how can you calm down like how can you rest um so what apart from exercise what else is in your sort of self-care practices so I'll start with you Liz um sure um yeah and I just I I want to just say I so agree with everything that you both said about I I love to think that yoga is like the the place where I was able to show my body that I was a person worth trusting. Like, so those signals started to make sense again, you know, and um, that translates into every other part of life. You know, it, it's amazing how much you're able to just know what you need. Um, so anyways, I'm sorry, I got too excited about it. Yeah, talk. I love that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so aside from exercise, I, I, you know, I love doing and teaching yoga. I also, um, I, I know you mentioned before animals, like I am just a big, huge pile of mush around, around animals. So I could spend all day just snuggling with my dog and cats. If, if I have the opportunity, um, I am an avid podcast listener. I, I love podcasts. I love um, reading. I it's amazing how much um, joy that I can get out of just absorbing brilliant things that people have said. And I'm surrounded by post-it notes at, at all times of um, you know little quotes and everything that are meaningful to me. So um, just the world like is just opened up, you know, ever since recovery. And it's pretty incredible to see all the cool things and cool people that are that are out there. And you, Lois, what, what's in your kind of sober toolkit? Um, I think I think we probably connected with this before. And I, I, I really love the sea. And I love being near the sea. I think that's a massive thing being in nature. Anyway, I try to be in nature every day. And again, I've got two dogs. And so they forced me out into nature every day which is just lovely no matter what the weather um and yeah and I think what's really lovely about being sober is you, you start to know what you like and what you enjoy and before that I don't think I did I didn't know it would be kind of um it would I would sort of if someone asked me if I liked something I would say do you <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite understand that you know I, I just went along with whatever anybody else liked or did you know and um 
but yeah, really getting to know yourself and know, actually, I really love this. And I actually don't really like that. You know, that's, that's a great thing. Um, but yes, also reading, I'm a massive reader as well. Um, uh, yeah. And I think that's, that's part of the, where community comes into it, doesn't it? Because that's, it's pretty intimidating. I mean, certainly for me, when I kind of, you know, I've been a party girl, I've been drinking, you know, ever since I was 13, 14, you know, being in the rave scene and, you know, going to parties, that was my life. And it's like, well, if I don't do that, then like literally I have no idea what I like or what I want to do or, you know, and, and, and so when you're held in a community where you can kind of get that inspiration from different people, but also the encouragement, because I, I mean, I still struggle with anxiety and I still struggle with that, you know, fear response of like, why you know I'd love to do that but I don't know how to get there you know and that's that as you say that you know when you can someone's got a book club or someone's got you know a yoga class or something and you feel that connection it's like okay well if they can do it maybe I can and there's that reciprocal kind of belief system that builds when you're within a community of going okay well she, well she went paddle boarding you know maybe maybe that maybe I can do that kind of thing and and seeing people's progress and going wow you know they went through all that and now they're doing that like you know surely that there's that it, it opens up possibility I think in a way which I definitely didn't like alcohol made everything very narrow you know it's just like what do you do go to the bar what do you do get you know wrecked what do you do go to a party you know um and that's it go to a dinner party you know um, yeah. <laughs> what else we, do people do right <laughs> yeah, you know um and and again like I think people fear that a lot and you know sort of listening to the podcast it's like when you're surrounded by people that still drink and still are doing mm. those things it can feel incredibly intimidating to think like really am I going to step out of everything I know and do something different um which is you know again why we're such advocates for community spaces because it just it's that safe space isn't it it's that safe space to find your feet again and go oh you know what and test it out that's what's exciting it's like oh maybe I don't like paddle boarding but I'll give it a go I mean Kate when Kate got sober she started tap dancing didn't last very long <laughs> but she gave it a go you know and uh, so um yeah tell me about um what are the plans and the projects that you have coming up for the Phoenix? Um, and, you know, especially obviously we're, we're based in the UK. So how can people get involved? Um, yeah. What have you got going on? Yeah. Um, well, one of the cool things that I love about the Phoenix is the element of, of choice. And I think just everything that you said is just exactly that. It's like that empowerment to, to find the things that you enjoy. And then also, have that permission slip within to try things and then abandon them and then be like like you said like i don't like paddleboarding i'm never going to do that again but like it's a safe space even just within your own head to be like i'm going to try this and then if it's not me then it's okay to walk out you know like that i i was able to enjoy yoga more when i realized that like hey if i don't like this class i can leave the room and then suddenly it's like ah oh, i can be calm here because i'm choosing to be here and if i want to leave i can um, so I love that about, about Phoenix, um, spaces. Um, well, as, as far as I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what we're doing on a bigger level and then mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let Lois talk about some of what she's got coming up. Um, we, I mean, we're just 
constantly growing. The coolest thing that we have that just came out that also just became available internationally um, is our, our app. We've got um, the Phoenix app. So you can literally look up the Phoenix. I think if you look up like the Phoenix Sober Active, then that'll come up the quickest. But you can also just look up Phoenix. And when you see our logo, which, oh, you can't see me pointing because this is a podcast, but um, I'm sure it'll be somewhere. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we've got we'll the logo on the image, yeah, for the, the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so it's that is a really cool thing because you can sign up and join our virtual classes straight from the from the app. Um, you can also join virtual communities in there. You can connect with people one on one, but you can also join groups. Um, there's like interest based groups. There's also location based groups. Um, I don't think we have any outside of the U.S. as far as location based groups yet, but that's something we can easily add as soon as we you know start seeing folks um, outside of the U.S. join. Um, and then you can just connect with people. Like I, I can't, I mean, like you said before, it's so isolating, you know, when you're going through, um, addiction and even early recovery, it's easy to like, listen to that voice in your head that says you're alone. So to have something in your pocket on your phone, where you can just have the, all these people that can just talk to you is incredible. So that's something I would definitely recommend, you know, if, if anyone has space on their phone to download, um, and on the virtual platform, we are just continuing to add to add classes. Our volunteer program continues to grow. So if you wanted to get involved in that way, um, our website is thephoenix.org, which I'm sure will be in um, the show notes. I sound so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go to the, vol there's like a volunteer section and we have a portal that walks you through as somebody reaches out. Um, we're still kind of growing that capability um, outside of the U.S. So the process might go slightly slower, um, but it'll happen. And it's, you know, it's something that is the way we are going to grow and we're excited to. But the fastest and easiest and most impactful way to get started as part of this community is just to join something just mm. just go to a class we even have pre-recorded stuff if you don't even want to show up for something in person that's totally okay um but yeah just check out the website check out the app and um yeah find find a, a corner of the phoenix that feels good to you yeah and lois tell us a little bit because you you did something for new year i believe but that's past is that right yeah, yes. so I did um, a class on New Year's Day, I think it was at 9.30, um, and so that was nice, we, we had a few people from the UK join, it was actually, I, whenever I first clicked, I thought, am I going to be alone here? <laughs> but no, we had, we had, I can't remember, I think it was maybe seven or eight, which was great, because we hadn't done an awful lot of... Um, an awful lot of uh, marketing or telling people about it, so that, so that was great. Um, is really positive um and then i think the next plan is to roll out um some classes in february for probably about two months see how they go um so thinking about a time that will suit um most people in the uk so uh thinking possibly a sunday morning not too early mm, might nice. work <laughs> so uh any ideas on that please um let me know but i think maybe you know not too early on sunday morning could work for for people um and then just to see how that goes and how it picks up and and who joins and then you know really hoping that it will grow from there um that's the plan yeah yeah and obviously you know we'll we'll share and and with our community and you know the the links of when that's that's happening put it on the newsletter and things like that you know so um you know and i think it's i think something that is definitely developing 
well, the UK and the US have taken really different approaches, I think. You know, the, the US, it came from obviously, you know, the 12 step background and, you know, it was quite meeting heavy, which was, which was, you know, has, has had a huge impact, whereas the UK kind of sober movement has been very much more around events and around kind of, you know, changing the way that we see drinking in the UK, which has had another impact. Um, and so now it's kind of, yeah, shifting around, I'm seeing because, you know, over in the US, you're getting much more kind of alcohol-free options for, for drinks and the kind of social side is growing. Um, and I, I think we lack, uh, still lack a little bit of those kind of social groups, local social groups, local kind of meetups, meetings, things like that. Um, and it's something that we've been talking with various different sort of sober communities about how we can develop that and grow funding for that and again it's always the thing isn't it is it's, it's the, the finances we have big plans but you know um the finances are, are always difficult but you know what what I love about kind of connecting people is that we all have the same mission you know we all just want to help people and just you know as you said in the bio share your story and so that people know that like we get it you know we get it that it seems scary and it seems intimidating and you know there's big questions about around stigma you know and the more that we can do just to talk honestly and openly the less shame and stigma there'll be you know so um so we always finish the podcast with um two questions so a tip of the day so one sort of piece of advice or a tip and your reason to love being sober so what's one thing which just gives you a lot of joy gratitude um, about your choice to be sober so um, Lois let's start with you so do you have a tip of the day and your reason to love being sober so I guess my tip um, is it sounds really corny but um, it's genuine self-love and I say that because I, I spent so many years actually really disliking myself. And whenever you remove that, it's like that's such a big barrier to be working around this sort of self, um, almost self-hatred, actually. Every time you, I looked in the mirror, it held me back so much. Whenever I freed myself from that, you know, it was just it was an amazing thing. Um, and so that would be one thing that I try to teach in my classes as much as I can. In my meditations is self-love um, because, you know, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, and so and the reasons to love being sober are just like they're almost too many to list. Um, <laughs> but I would definitely say health and happiness, continual growth and continual learning and genuine connection. Those are the, the big things for me. Oh, I love it. Thank you. And Liz? Well, that's a hard one to follow. That was really good. <laughs> well, I'll say ditto and I'll try to add my <laughs> yeah. little <laughs> my little thing. Um, well, my tip of the day is um, the thing I have to remind myself of every single day is just to unclench your jaw. Yep. And to take a deep breath. I know, right now I'm clenched. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're all like now. Every time, right? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And I, I find personally it helps me like, especially like in the middle of the day in those moments when it just feels really busy and like whatever silly emails in front of me feels like the be all end all is to just like 
take a moment and like put, sometimes I put my hands right over my heart and just like unclench my jaw and just take a deep, slow breath. And it's just like the birds are singing again and life is worth living again. And it's amazing. So give yourself that little gift if you, if that sounds good. And then as far as gifts of sobriety, I echo Lois in that there's too many to even be able to list, but I'd say the one that I'm the most grateful for every day is just, is just the people, the people that I'm so lucky to meet people in the recovery community are just the most deeply feeling, just incredible, brilliant people that I've ever been so lucky to know. And I I just can't even believe how lucky I am to be part of this community. And, you know, from all over the world, we just have this shared, um, experience and just this shared love for life because when you've been to to that scary place you know it is just a whole different experience to wake up every day so to be able to connect with people in the recovery community and then just like the people in my life that I was hiding from for a lot of years is just the greatest gift that I'll never ever stop being excited about Oh, thank you so much. It's been brilliant. And yeah, thanks. So all the information will be on the show notes. So do just give it a go, you know, click on something that looks interesting. Try a class. You know, if you don't like it, you can leave and you can try another one. Um, oh. You know, and just especially, you know, for we I mean, we've got listeners all over the world. But if you're listening in Australia, you know, get in contact because maybe they need stuff to start over in the in Australia. If you're listening, you know, in the UK, get in contact with Lois. We'll put her Instagram and we'll put everything on the, on the details to kind of connect. Um, yeah. And thank you so much for being here and, and uh, the work that you do in, in the community. I really appreciate it um so yeah if you're immediately concerned about your drinking uh, please do reach out you can uh, reach out at hello at lovesober.com you know um soberistas has a an anonymous ask the doctor service that you can connect with um go and see your gp um you know reach out you're not alone um, and we'll see you next week for more chat bye guys thanks so much thank you so much thank you